Good morning, I'm Chelsea. It's January 21st and you're watching Horizon Church Online. So last week my nephews were here visiting and they are three rambunctious boys full of energy. Their ages are 12, 10, and 9. And like a lot of brothers, they're constantly at each other's throats, trying to one-up each other and wrestling and fighting and yelling at each other. And they came up here with my mother-in-law and she was like, you guys are out of control. I'm gonna come up with the system to keep you guys in check. And she says, when you do well, you're gonna get a smiley face. And when you do poorly, you're gonna get a tally mark. And if you get a whole bunch of tally marks, uh, there's gonna be some negative repercussions. And if you get a whole bunch of smiley faces, you're gonna get a treat. And so the boys would be in the room, they're just fighting with each other, arguing with each other, going at each other, yelling. And then my mother-in-law would walk into the room and she would, as soon as she stepped in the room, the boys would be like, I love you, Red. I love you, Reese. Now in their hearts, they were still at war with each other, right? They were just saying what they were supposed to so that they would get a treat. Uh, they still, as soon as the back was turned, you know, they would go back to fighting each other and yelling at each other and calling each other names. Uh, but whenever the, my mother-in-law was watching, you know, they'd straighten up so they could get that treat. And that might be funny, right? We can laugh about the fact that children act that way. And we've probably seen kids act like that. Maybe our own kids or kids we know. But the reality is, as adults, many times we do this exact same thing. We do what's right when someone's watching. But if no one's watching, we just do whatever we want. We have a tendency to be uh, do the right thing when we know others are gonna see us and applaud. And when no one's watching, we just kind of do whatever we want. The reality is most of us think we're a lot more spiritual than we actually are. We think we're a lot more generous, a lot more patient, a lot more kind than we actually are. We have a tendency to think pretty well of ourselves and the reality is most of the time we only do good when it benefits us and so it's selfishness or we only do good when someone's watching and so it's pride we just like others to think better of us and so many times the good things we do are actually for bad reasons and so they're actually bad and Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 6 starting in verse 1 he says be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus starts out here in verse one by saying, be careful. Uh, and it so reminds me of my mom. Growing up, my mom would always tell me to be careful. I'd be like, I'm going back in the woods and uh, taking my ax out, gonna cut down some trees. She'd be like, be careful. I'd be like, I'm going to, down to the lake to explore. She'd be like, be careful. When I got older and started driving, I'd be like, I'm driving to the store. And she'd be like, be careful. And Jesus here is giving us a spiritual warning. He's saying, be careful because your tendency is to get into a spiritual bind when you think that you're doing good and the reality is you're doing good for the wrong 
reason. My mom knew, as now my wife does, that my tendency is to fall down, to get hurt, to, you know, if someone doesn't warn me, I'm probably gonna fall down or get hurt. If some, I tend to get inside my own head or be distracted. Um, earlier this weekend, I was walking down a muddy hill, thinking about something else, kind of thinking about some things that I was learning, completely fell down in the mud, I got mud all over my pants. Why? Because people need to remind me to be careful because my tendency is to get distracted and fall. And Jesus here is warning us, be careful, because our human tendency is to do good things for the wrong reason. And this doesn't apply just to some of us, this applies to all of us. Most of us, when we do good, many times it's for the wrong reason. Now we've all probably heard that phrase, the end justifies the means. That's not a biblical concept. In fact, it's a pretty dangerous philosophy. That philosophy has backed up dictators taking over countries because they're like, it's gonna be better after I become dictator. And so it excuses a lot of atrocities as they uh, take over the government and as they kill people and imprison people. But that idea is not biblical at all. In fact, it flies completely in the face of what Jesus is teaching. What Jesus is saying is the end doesn't justify the means. Jesus is very interested in the means. Your motivation for why you do something good is just as important as the action itself. Jesus just doesn't want you to do the right thing. He wants you to do the right thing for the right reason. Now, Carson Wentz, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, hopefully the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl if everything goes well today. Carson Wentz has these uh, shirts you've probably seen and he has this line of clothing with the phrase A. Oh, one audience of one he says his audience is God alone it's not the fans it's not uh, his team his audience is God alone and I think that is what Jesus is asking of us here that we don't do good in order to get applause from people but that we do good for an audience of one for God alone that he's the only one we're interested in he's the only one we care about I had somebody tell me one time that character is what you do when no one is watching. If you don't do good when no one is watching, when no one's going to prompt you, when no one's going to applaud your efforts, um, that reveals whether or not you truly have a heart that desires good or whether or not you just do good because it's expected of you as a Christian or as a spouse or as a good moral person or as a member of the community. Do you do good because you have a heart that longs to do good? Or do you do it simply because people are watching or people will think better about you? Jesus wants us to do the right thing for the right reason. Not the right thing for the wrong reason or the wrong thing for the right reason, the right thing for the right reason. We live today in the age of social media, right? I can get on social media at any time of day or night and I can see immediately what my friends are doing because they let me know everything. If they're eating a meal, they take pictures of it. If they're doing laundry, they're complaining about it. If uh, a politician says something, they're putting up their thoughts, they're letting me know what they think and feel about everything. I know what they're doing, where they're at, they're checking in at places. We live in an age where we're constantly updating the world with everything that's going on in our life. And Jesus warns here that there's a danger with that. That if we're constantly engaged with everyone around us, we're going to start to do things for them rather than for him. 
The reality is that sometimes it's bad to be super connected all the time on social media because pretty soon we start doing things to get those likes. We start doing things to get those little heart symbols. We start doing those things to get those follows. And we start doing things not because it's right, but because we want the attention. And Jesus warns about that here. And that's why in verse 3, he says, when you give, uh, your left hand shouldn't know what your right is doing. And he's not saying something crazy here like hide your hand behind your back when you give or put your hand deep down in your pocket. You know, he's not talking about something strange like that. He, he's saying practically, you shouldn't make a big deal out of your giving. You shouldn't make a big deal about the good you do in the world um, because what's going to happen is our hearts have a tendency to like the praise of people so much that even if we start doing it for the right reason, once we start getting that praise, we're going to start doing it for the wrong reason. Now, Darby and I, for a long time, we've been giving to Horizon uh, online. And part of that's just been because it's been really convenient. And I started thinking about it, and I, I think that it was a little bit of a, uh, a mistake to do it that way because that doesn't let you guys know that we give to the church. And yes, Jesus says you need to uh, not flaunt your giving. And, you know, if I was standing up in front of the church and saying, hey, look at this check, look at how much we're giving, uh, that would be an issue where we have to look at the motivations of my heart. But the reality is that by giving online, no one ever knows that I give to support the work of Horizon Community Church, that Darby and I give out of the money that we have and that God blesses us with to support the work of Horizon. Jesus established the church so that they could take the good news of the gospel to the community and change it for the better. And we believe that Horizon is doing that mission and we want to put our money there to help them accomplish that mission. And the reality is, if I give online, no one ever knows that I actually do that. And you say, well, Alex, no one should. That should be a secret thing. I think as Jesus is teaching this, he's not saying that we can't ever celebrate generosity. He's not against us celebrating generosity because what we celebrate gets replicated. And so I want to celebrate generosity so that it's replicated. If you are generous as a parent, your children should see that so that they replicate generosity. If you're generous in the church body, we want to celebrate that so other people are generous. Uh, so that that generosity spreads but what jesus is warning us about is the motivations if we start doing this so that we can show off in front of other people or so that you think i'm a little bit more spiritual then i'm doing it for the wrong reasons see jesus what he wants from us is he doesn't want us to give to draw attention to ourselves he wants us to give because we genuinely care about the concerns and needs of other people. He wants us to have a heart like his, a heart that cares about people, not about applause, not about praise. See, many times we do good things to draw attention back to ourselves, and so it's selfish. Jesus wants us to help people because we genuinely care about people and their needs. God wants us to be generous because he is generous. He's not asking us to do something that he's not willing to do. He's a generous God. While we were yet sinners, far away from God, God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to die in our place, to pay the penalty for our sin, the destructive things that we say and do and think that hurt our relationship with other people and hurt our relationship with God. He came to trade the worst part about us for the best part about him so that we could be called sons and daughters of God. God gave us 
everything. And he wants us to have that same generous heart and spirit as we give of ourselves to other people. That's the gospel. That's the good news that God was super generous with us. He was uh, generous to the ultimate extreme with us. And so he wants us to be generous. And he didn't do this to somehow coerce us into praising him, even though he's the most beautiful, wonderful, powerful being in the universe and worthy of all praise. He came as a servant and died in our place and to show us and be an example of generosity to us. See, money isn't for showing off, it's for serving others. Giving isn't about showing off, giving is about serving and meeting the needs of other people. And see, what Jesus said is, many times we take these good things where we're doing something in the world to actually meet the needs of other people and we twist it around so that it comes back around to be about us. God's always trying to get us to turn from looking inward and being obsessed with ourselves to looking outward and serving others. And our tendency as humans is even when we do something outward, we try to twist it and turn it back inward to be about us. So you say, okay, Alex, what do we do with this? How do we take this and put it into practice in our life? What can you do this week? What act of generosity can you do this week that can be replicated by others? And think about something that maybe either your children can replicate as they see you act generously, or maybe your friends or your family, your neighborhood, your, your work group, your church group. What can you do to, without drawing attention to yourself so that people brag on you? How can you be generous in such a way that people celebrate that generosity and replicate it in their own life? Number two, how can you be secretly generous? Find opportunities. This is one of the best ways to inoculate your heart against selfishness is find ways to be anonymously generous. Whether that's at a uh, restaurant when you get your bill and it's $36.42 and you say, I'm going to write out a tip for $36.42. And so you get your bill plus the tip is equal to the bill. And you add those up and you give generously to someone who you're not going to see again. Or when you hear about someone's need and you find a way to meet that need without them knowing who did it, find ways to be anonymously generous. And what you'll find is uh, you'll not only be more satisfied with your giving, but it helps inoculate your heart uh, against making everything about you. And finally, examine what your motivation is. Why do you give to the church? Why don't you give to the church? What's your motivation for doing good in your world? T.S. Eliot was a British author. He wasn't a theologian, but this is what he said. In his mind, the greatest sin is to do the right thing for the wrong reason. Why do you do the good things that you do? Do you do them so that people will look up to you, so that people will respect you, so that people will think you're more spiritual than you are because you like that feeling of applause or praise? Or do you do them because Jesus would do them and you found that you love Jesus and you want to live and love the way that he did. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the challenging um, passage today that we've looked at. Lord, thank you so much that you are a generous God who freely gave everything for us. And Lord, I pray that you will forgive us for so often our motivations being selfish. Even when we're doing something good, we turn it around so that it becomes something selfish and something bad. God, make us a faithful people who do the right thing for the right reason because we love you and we have your heart and your desire to serve other people. And Lord Jesus, I pray all these things in your name. Amen.
Thanks for watching our online service today. We will continue our Money Matters series next week online. Our next service will be February 4th at the Ardmore Music Hall. You can give to support the work of Horizon Community Church by going to www.horizonphilly.com give or by donating in our next live service. At noon on January 28th, we will be making care packages for the homeless. Plan to join us at the Lettington Library and begin collecting deodorant, hand sanitizer, socks, scarves, and blankets to bring with you. The church will provide tote bags and other items. From all of us at Horizon, we hope you have a great week.